0: I got to admit, I'm a little sad because we are wrapping up the sermon series today. That always leaves me with a tinge of sadness because I always like to look back on sermon series and how much fun I've had. Well, I don't know if you've had, I've had um, in the the sermon series. And today we're at the end of the way forward, which means after today, we're going to go forward. I hope you'll go with us. We've covered our mission, our values, our vision, our leader. If you ever want to look at any of those, they're on the YouTube channel, they're on our Facebook page, and they're on our website. Today, we are WordServe. Who are we? What do we believe? So I want to do a a quick poll. This is where I'm talking with you, not at you. If you had to describe WordServe in one sentence or one phrase to someone who is outside of WordServe, doesn't know anything about it, you really want to attract them in, what one sentence or phrase would you use? How would you describe Wordserve? What was it? Omission? Oh, a mission, sorry. <laughs> the hearing's not so good. Faith in action. That's a good one. Oh, oh that's... <laughs> I heard a different one over here. Life is different, that's on the banner. A slogan, hey, it's worth a t-shirt or a bumper sticker. How else would you describe WordServe to someone who doesn't know WordServe and you want to make it exciting for them? There you go, preach the Word, serve the community. You're hitting on all the key points. I think if I had to say it, I, I would probably go with life is different because preaching the Word and serving the world appeals to someone who is a Jesus follower already, but may not appeal to someone who really doesn't know Jesus or who may be disenfranchised. Jesus but if you tell me that life is different and you can prove that life is different to me man I want to know more so how is life different that's a good question these days because I hear a lot of uh, social media buzz I see a, it, it Google this phrase living your best life now how many people have heard this phrase yeah it's all over social media you can't Google and not see that there are, I, I got like a million hits in point zero zero two five seconds yesterday on Google in fact, I was overwhelmed. So I had to pick one. So I picked the magic answer that we have today, 101 Ways to Live Your Life to the Fullest by Personalexcellence.co. 101 Ways to Live Your Life to the Fullest. You know what it tells me when we have 101 ways to live our life to the fullest? We have no idea where we're doing. <laughs> We've got so many things out there that we're pursuing that we can't ever make any traction on one of them. I need some focus, and maybe this is part of the problem with the current effort of trying to live our best life now, is that we're so scattered, we can't focus on anything. We can't possibly live our best life if we're all over the map. So how do we live our best life, and what does that even mean? As I look at living my best life now, and I I did peruse through some social media just to see, okay, what are people saying about this? Generally, it means I'm doing my own thing. And it doesn't involve any responsibility or any work. It's mostly at the beach or at the, the wherever vacation spot they're at. and yeah, Freedom to do whatever they want. So living my life, or excuse me, living my best life now, in my mind, correct me if I'm wrong, means doing whatever I want. I'm not sure that that's a good idea. Because if that were true, uh, this, uh, the secondary billboard <laughs> wouldn't be true. I mean, look how easy, it, not living your best life, yeah, just $4.99 will get you a divorce. That's not the best life. And, and this is just the tip of the iceberg, and we're going to talk a little bit about this today. So what is it that helps us to really live our best life? How do we gain some focus, and why does this matter to us? Well, it should matter most of all, because Jesus himself says he wants us to have an abundant life. He wants us to have life to the full, but here's the question I ask on social media Are you full of life or is your life just full? There's a difference, and there's a difference that Jesus can make in that this morning. Jesus, in this case that we're going to read, we're going to be reading out of John, (coughs) excuse me, (coughs) excuse me, John chapter 10. Uh, And when we did this whole campaign for word serve and we came up with all our values and our mission and everything else, the slogan that we have, life is different is actually based out of John 10, 10. And so that's the main passage I want to focus on. But to give you a little bit of context, we're going to read verses 1 through 10. Before we do that, know that the title or the, the big thing that this is associated with, and you'll recognize it, it's I am the good shepherd. How many people have heard Jesus described as the good shepherd? All right, so you're right on track. You know what I'm going to talk about today? Not that. I'm going to talk about everything else that this passage says that we tend to gloss right over because we always look at the shepherd and we forget everything that's before that. Now, when I say before that, remember, uh, one of the things I say at WordServe is when you read a passage and it doesn't really settle with you or you you can't make sense of it, read in circles. And what that means is read a little bit after that. Go back and read a little bit before that. Go back and read more after that and read more before that. And pretty soon you'll build a context around what's happening. So what's happening here is Jesus is talking to the Pharisees. The Pharisees in chapter 9 have just had this wonderful thing happen where Jesus healed a man who had been blind since birth. And so he went to the Pharisees to be declared whole and clean. And the Pharisees start questioning him. Who did this? Why did that? How did this happen? And they begin to question Jesus. Was he driven by demons? And they kicked this blind man out because they said he was a follower of Jesus. Now, let me let me get this straight. There was a miracle. There was a guy who was blind since birth. Who can now see? And you kick him out. How does that work? Well, it doesn't work at all. And that's what Jesus has, some words, some choice words for the Pharisees. So as we open up chapter 10, verse 1, I'm going to read 1 through 10, and we will get some context. Having just had this experience, Jesus finds this man, uh, at, at, he is healed, and welcomes him to Jesus' family. And now Jesus is talking to the Pharisees. Here it goes. Wow, that's an eye check. Let me read it for you. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and they will go out and they will find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. These are the words of God for the people of God. And for these words, we are grateful. See, Jesus has very specific words for the Pharisees, but there are three words that I need to pull out of this passage because they're going to inform how we address this. So the first, well, uh, let's just throw them all up here. We'll we'll, we'll put them up on the screen. (laughs) I can't stop saying throw up, right? So there are three words here that I'm going to circle. Thief, robber, and gate. So that you know, the thief in this context, what he's talking about in in terms of the passage, it's anything that comes in by covert means. It's something that's insidious. Maybe we don't see it, but it kind of wheedles its way into our life. That's what a thief is. A robber insinuates some form of violence. So if you think of the parable of the Good Samaritan, what did the robbers do to the, the person on the road? Uh, they beat him almost to death, right? So it, it, Jesus is using these terms thinking, okay, whatever it is that's covert that's in your life and whatever does violence to you. The last one I wanted to focus on was this word gate because if you read this passage, the very next verse where I stopped on purpose I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life. This is the one that we're all familiar with. And my my desire this morning is that we stop there and look at everything that's going on before this because before Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, he says, I am something else. Did you catch it? I am the gate. How many people have heard Jesus described as, I am the gate? Yeah, not so many. Because we jump right to the shepherd part, but let's not jump too far. Let's talk about what this... Uh, idea of thievery and robbery look like in a modern context are there thieves and robbers today absolutely yeah look at the look at the news ask any police person or anybody in in that industry and they will tell you absolutely but it's not those people that I want to talk about this morning I want to talk about the core of the definition a thief is anything that is covert that has wheedled its way into our life a robber is anything that has done violence now, when I say violence, there, there is physical violence, sure, but there's other kinds of violence as well. And maybe you've experienced it. There's emotional violence. There's relational violence. And I don't mean like physical beating. I mean like the emotional toll that it takes on us to be around some people. Or the emotional toll that a, a, a married couple or a parent can experience when there's a relational conflict. The emotional toll that you can experience when you're at work in a hostile or toxic work environment. These are all forms of violence, whether they're physical or not, and they're, they're potentially doing damage. So these are the things that I want to talk about this morning. Now, this thief comes in covertly, and I'm convinced that it is more so these days because of social media. This is, I, I'm not saying social media is bad. Social media in itself is amoral. It is neither good nor bad but how it's used can make a profound impact. And how it's used today often injects covertly small things. They're not gross or they're not huge, but they're the gateway to other things. And I use that term on purpose. They're the gateway to other things. What are some examples? Here's the thief. I I want to introduce you to this thief because here's how I see it in a modern context. There are things that society tells us that we have come to believe and if you stop and question it, you say, where did that come from? And why is it that way? Let me introduce you to four of my friends. The we'll us start at the upper left there. Anybody feel like that at work? Uh, I can't tell you how many people I talk to. It's like, yeah, I work a ton of hours at a miserable job that I hate so that I can have cash to buy the things to impress people I don't even like. And in fact, I buy so many things that I have to buy a storage unit to store the ones that I'm not using. Who told you that I'll tell you society told you that because that's how we think that we fit in that's our status that we are cool we are good if we have all these things and sometimes we will literally work ourselves to death in order to have that who told us that it probably wasn't Jesus look at Jesus uh, total life savings when he passed look at Jesus wardrobe his closet his mansion I don't mean the eternal one. I mean, look at the earthly one. Jesus had different priorities. And you may not think that work is a bad thing. In fact, work is not a bad thing. Again, work is amoral. It's neither good nor bad, but how we approach and deal with work can make all the difference. And there is a phrase, you've heard it, workaholism. I am a recovering workaholic, and I will admit that. Sometimes I try to drift back into that, but life has a way of smacking me back, and that life's name is Rana. Thank God that she brings me back, right? It's like, you need to stop. Okay, yes, boss. That's the secret to a happy marriage, by the way. All right, so workaholism. Go over to the uh, top right there. This is substance abuse. And somewhere in our lives, we've said, okay, I need to be out there and doing these things, and the only way I can cope with life is with a little help from my friends. They're, they're not your friends. It, it may seem like it, and it's a momentary escape, and it can feel very good. And it can feel very empowering. And it can feel great, but you got to come back to this world. And, and it may not be just you. It may be people that you're dealing with. It may be the relationships between spouse, between family, between coworkers that depend on you, between a church family that needs you as much as you need them. See, these things are the gateway, and they come in not through the gate, but through the back door, through an open window, through something that we've pursued, and we allow it into our lives because I can handle it. Yeah, I, I've got control of this. No, you don't. Trust me, you don't. If you've not seen someone in the throe of addiction, man, you want to talk about a personal hell. That's it. Because some of them don't even recognize it. And they're just pulled further and further away. It's covert. It's insidious. And it starts to do violence. These are thieves and robbers. And the violence that it does is sometimes to the person, sometimes to the spouse, sometimes to the children, sometimes to the co-worker. But it always ends that way. It's not a good path. Come down to the lower right. That's one example where who's the victim here? Is it the parents who are arguing? Is it the marriage that's on the rocks? I, I would argue that it's probably the kids that are the victims here. Now, these are all things that happen. These are all things that we all deal with. But who told us that? And probably wasn't Jesus. Last one. I don't know if you can read that all the way in the back, but it says, life is short have an affair. That's not living your best life. That's not that certainly didn't come from Jesus. But that's a common thing. Again, the grass is always greener on the other side. I just need this thing to get me over this, this situation that I'm in and I'll be fine. I can handle this. No, we can't. It's too powerful. So thank God there's something that's even more powerful than that. I bet you can't guess what it is. It's the gate. I am the gate. What if? What if a people called or sure Recognize Jesus saying, I am the gate? Oh, wait a minute, Jesus, I thought you were the shepherd. He's that too. But let's not rush over this gate. Because what does a gate do? The wall that protects us is all the way around. The only way in and out is the gate. If Jesus is the only way into our lives, meaning, another way to say it, if Jesus is the filter of everything that comes into my life, only good will come into my life. Maybe. That's a, that's a very beginner understanding of following Jesus. Sometimes bad things will come into our life, but Jesus can use them for good. The point is we don't invite bad things if we filter in through Jesus. What is that thing in your life that's causing you the most angst right now? What is that thing that makes you feel separated from God right now? And ask yourself this question, did that come in through a filter of Jesus? Because if not, it's time for that to go. It's time to let go. And here's why. This is the point where as a pastor, you probably expect me to say, we're miserable sinners. You should go home and and beat yourself to death and feel guilt and shame. And I'm not going to tell you that. Here's what I will tell you. I'm going to ask you a question. Do you really want to live the fullest life possible? Is that your number one desire to live the fullest life possible? Because if so, don't bring things in your life that subtract. Things that steal, kill, and destroy. Anything that we do that brings that into our lives is going to subtract from the fullest life, and the fullest life will not be possible as long as those things are present. So Jesus is the filter into our lives. And and the good news is that once the good is in our lives, Jesus as the gatekeeper also keeps those things, good things, in our lives. I said earlier that Jesus is the gate and the shepherd. He can be both because he's Jesus. He can do anything he wants. Jesus is the filter of everything that comes in. That's the gate. But as we go out, as we express ourselves into the world, we need a shepherd because we're no longer in the fence. Folks, we're not called to live inside a bubble. We're not called to live inside a fence. We're called to take the good news to the world. Who needs to hear it? As we go out, the gate's behind us. So who's got our back now? The shepherd. The ones that, you know, we know his voice. We follow his commands. We won't listen to a stranger. As we go out and we express our faith, the filter works the other way. Did this come out of me through Jesus? Because I will tell you, that uh, I've said this a million times, my first response is usually not my most Christ-like. As I've gotten older, that Jesus filter has become stronger. Uh, I also have another filter named Rana as well. But that Jesus filter has become stronger. So sometimes I will hold my tongue. Sometimes I won't do what I really want to do because I don't think that's what Jesus would do. Sometimes I don't really say what I want to say because I don't think that's what Jesus would say but it also works the other way. Sometimes I'm compelled to say something because Jesus would. Sometimes I'm compelled to inject myself because Jesus would. With a word of good news, with a word of encouragement, with a word of come home. Filter works two ways. The shepherd follows us. He has our back. So I would alter 101 ways to the fullest life. I did a little editing I have some pretty high power Photoshop skills I'm about to show you. Stay, prepare for awe. There it is. <laughs> Instead of 101 ways to live your fullest life, there's just one way to live your fullest life. And it's not from personalexcellence.to. No offense to that company if you're watching online. My apologies. I just think we have a better way. His way is Jesus. That's his name. And when we follow him and when he is the gate for us maybe that's the best life i am not convinced that living my best life now is doing whatever i want to do i've become more convinced that living my best life now might be living the life that i was created for and who would know better what i was created for than the creator so Maybe living my best life now, living life to the fullest, looks more like this. As I walk with Jesus. As I listen to my shepherd. As I don't let anything in my life that's not filtered through him. And I don't express myself in any way that's not filtered back through him to the world. Lord, serve, if we will do that, life will be different. And if we can do that consistently. The world will see a witness like no other. And we will be able to say, we have the secret to living our best life, not only now, but forevermore. What does this look like going forward for WordServe? Well, if we're going to be people of the Word, we should probably know how to do the Word. We should probably know what the Word says so that we recognize the voice. So, starting in the new, sorry to say new semester, new year, we're going to have a sermon series on how to read the Bible. That's the filter in. Then we're going to have another sermon series called How to Be People of Good News so that when we go out, we know how to express this word that we've fallen in love with, this Jesus that we follow so closely so that we can live the best life for us and so they can live the best life for them. Life to the full. What does it look like in other ways? I told you, I got a million ideas. Maybe two of them are good, but I'm going to need some help in this. I'm going to need some feedback. I'm going to need to know what is it that we're dealing with that you need help with so we can address that. I'm going to need people to be excited about this. And I don't want you to be excited for Bill. I want you to be excited for Jesus. That's living the fullest life. Word Serve, if we can pull this off, we will impact this community, will impact your family, your marriage, your school, your job, the world. As Jesus would say, Calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them. The sheep follow him because they know his voice. Lord, serve, do you know his voice? Because that is the secret to living my best life now and forever. Will you pray with me, please? God, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, the life that he lived. We thank you that he is our gate, the filter from which everything that comes through is wheedled out. God, we pray that uh, whatever we have done, wherever we're at in this journey of ours, that you would help us to recognize there is no place that we can go that that shepherd can't find us. He'll find us. He will bring us back. home. He'll bring us back inside that pen. He will be that filter for us. And God, as we go out into the world that desperately needs to know you more, We don't know exactly what to say always. or We don't know what to do. But God, you promise us this. We will never do this alone. And we will be accompanied by a shepherd, a good shepherd. And if we know his voice and listen to his voice, your promise is that we will be representatives of you. And that we will have not just a full life, but we will be full of life. God, that is my prayer for everyone here this morning everyone that is physically here, everyone that is online here, everyone that is here on this planet, that we would all experience that full life. That's the whole reason that you came. God, forgive us when we let things in that steal, kill, and destroy, that subtract. Teach us to live a full life. Teach us to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen.